This is Kanzenshu, the podcast, episode 302 for the week of June 24th, 2012. Hey, hey, hello, internets. Welcome to Kanzenshu. The podcast. Correct, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Kanzenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Joining me, it's been a few episodes, so glad to have you back, sir. Across the internet from Japan, Julian, welcome back, man. It's nice to be here. You know, I took a bit of a break from Dragon Ball after all of those song translations, and it was <laughs> I know. much needed, but I'm feeling re-energized and ready to get back into action. Oh, good, because people have uh, lyric uh, suggestions, things they want, so. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you got more work to do. Well, after those two months, we'll maybe take it one at a time, you know. I understand. It's a lot of hard work. You throw yourself in, you burn yourself out. Take a little break, yep. come back. That's how it works. All right, good to have you here. And that leaves me. My name is Mike Vegito EX. Just the two of us this episode here in June in 2012 on episode 302 of our show. Julian, you and I, I'm going to leave the title to you because I can only say the shortened version. We're going to talk about two crossovers, Dragon Ball crossovers, because obviously it's got to do with Dragon Ball. Uh, this episode from a very, very long running 30 plus years series at this point. We just toss it around as Kochikan. But the full title is, sir. And that means, this is the police station in front of Kameyari Park in Katushika Ward of Tokyo. How may I help you? Uh, well, after the news, we'll talk a little bit more about the series, its significance, and uh, why Dragon Ball is tossed into the mix. But it's going to be a fun little thing here. I know we've talked about it in bits and pieces. Uh, back in 2006, we were doing the show back then, so I know we talked about it. Uh, the 30th yeah. anniversary, the crossover then, and we probably even did a little synopsis. But I think we'll dive into it years later here uh, a little more thoroughly and talk about a prior crossover. So there's some good stuff there. Uh, man, before we hit up the news, you got anything? going on i mean i know you did some song translations you took a break anything yep. significant dragon ball-y going on with you mm, well um not specifically dragon ball but there is something significant that i'll talk about with you <laughs> okay i'll um leave the fans in suspense for a little while longer julian's under embargo he can't talk about it right now yes uh, I'll, I'll talk about it in a few episodes from now. All right. Sounds Perhaps. good. I think there's all sorts of news coming from all sorts of people around the show. It's going to be interesting. See, every time someone pops in, someone's going to have something to say. Um, man, I got nothing going on. I got in the Connect this last week. Obviously, no mm. Dragon Ball game yet, but uh, stupid thing. It just doesn't work. It's a terrible piece of hardware. It just doesn't work. I've got appropriate lighting in my living room. It just doesn't work. And that means I'm both looking forward to and dreading playing this Dragon Ball game in October. Well, so. I mean, look at the bright side. You get to make lots of stupid poses in your living room where nobody can see you. Yeah, but I do that every day anyway. That's par for the course for me. Yes. Maybe the Connect is secretly recording you and submitting it to the internet for amusement. I do have worries about that. I don't trust Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> It's on Bill Gates' hard drive now. He doesn't even work there anymore. Okay, fine. It's under Steve Ballmer's hard drive. Okay. So there's that. Uh, man, it's not, again, not really Dragon Ball related, but uh, I'm playing Dragon Quest V. I'm about 10 hours into that. That's It's sort of Dragon Ball. I mean, everyone looks like they're Dragon Ball characters in that game. It's main character is Gohan, just as he is in every other Dragon Quest game. I don't know. I guess in terms of Dragon Ball right now, yeah, I yeah. found out the Galaxy Mission theme for... 
Dragon Ball Heroes, okay. was played at the press announcement for the game, which was webcast live uh, in the middle of March. Oh. It was right when my parents were here, so I had no idea about it. Gotcha. And apparently it was not saved anywhere, because I don't know oh, if there's anywhere that has that webcast. But if anybody knows anything about that i'd appreciate having a source of lyrics because all the commercials thus far just talk over the singing yeah yeah all right all over the singing yeah well there you go uh anyone happened to screen capture the webcast back what was that march april no march yeah, no, march april yeah march i think it was 11th or 17th it started with a one yeah i remember it was leading up to the launch of consenshu when you were plugging away yeah. stuff there so yeah okay Back during that time frame. I'm sure someone did, and it's out there, and we just don't know where to look for it. So Yes, that's always the thing. It's somewhere in the internet. You need to punch out the right combination of words to make it magically appear. I know, in English and in Japanese, and sometimes both at the same time. And Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, so with that stuff out of the way, I guess let's take it on over to some news. All right, I'll get you started over here in North America. Not very interesting or surprising. It's just a re-release, but uh, Funimation's Kai Season 3 details here. We've got a release date, we've got a cover art, all that stuff. Coming out September 11th, Season 3. Remember, there's no really such thing. Well, Kai, there's kind of a season break. They made a distinction with the artificial humans and cell arc break when that started yeah. even though they didn't really call the first part the cyan arc didn't have an yeah. arc distinction it was weird but it was broadcast over two years in japan so if anything it's really more like two seasons i guess <laughs> kind of well we know funimation they just randomly decide what seasons are uh they're just combining parts five and part six which previously came out on DVD and Blu-ray. This will be season three. So you got the four discs all in one package, a little uh, cheaper of a price there. The cover art here is just the trunk slicing Frieza in half, which I believe was the part five cover. With regard to music here, part five is what started the Kikuchi replacement music over here in the US. So this is not going to be any different if you already have the prior two disc releases. So it's just a thing. Right. So how about we look at this way? Okay. Um, so technically, Kai was an eight core series because it ran for two years and roughly a hundred episodes. So really, the parts I guess you could think of as their seasons, such as they are, or you could divide that into. Well, never mind. That word has been the subject of debate among uh, <laughs> the North American internet pundit base lately it's been interesting to uh watch because dragon ball it just airs weekly so does it really follow that schedule not i don't think so not really i wouldn't no. consider it that so all right well julian we were talking about heroes earlier we'll uh throw it over to you here japan we've got <laughs> more long hair yes so as part of their sparking campaign with Eight new cards. New updates for Dragon Ball Heroes will include a Super Saiyan 3 transformation for Gogeta. This month's V-Jump has three exclusive Super Saiyan 3 cards, Goku, Gotenks, and Vegeta. And this is all tied in with a Galaxy Mission 3 update for Heroes, which also includes some Dragon Ball GT stuffage. Julian, another yes. Super Saiyan 3. What do you think? More long hair? I don't know. It was kind of cool the first time, but now it feels like there's just a, a bargain sale on Super Saiyan 3. I think everyone has made that joke. 
Yeah. It's an appropriate it's true, one, though. though. Well, here's the thing. I mean, of all the extra characters that could reach it, I think Broly makes the least sense. Vegeta, you know, over a period of time, probably would push himself to get to it. Gogeta, I think, makes some of the most sense. If you consider Gotenks being this magical fusion that somehow skipped a couple stages, although... Yes. We debatably see a little Super Saiyan 2 action there, and guidebooks sort of confirm it. But for all intents and purposes, he just skips to three. Gogeta is a similar thing with stronger, more adult characters. I can see him also, hey, why not train for a little bit, reach level three? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the GT stuff, which is even, let's have pink fur and tails. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So really, there's no logic thrown into any of this stuff here, but I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm sort of okay with Gogeta being Super Saiyan 3. It's interesting. It's a neat look. It just kind of looks like adult Super Saiyan 3 Gotenks. But at this point, I don't know that I can do any more Super Saiyan 3s. We already have Broly and Vegeta, who debuted in Dragon Battlers and then went on to be in Raging Blast 1 and 2. Last year, we got Super Saiyan 3 Trunks in Dragon Ball Heroes, and while he hasn't made his way over to any console games yet, still kind of there, now we have Gogeta. So this is another 4, and they're all Super Saiyan 3. And we also have Super Saiyan Bardock thrown into the mix there. So where do we go from here for Dragon Ball Heroes? We can't just keep giving people long hair and be like, like, hey, surprise, exciting. I mean, it doesn't really affect anything, but to me anyway, it's not that exciting anymore. Well, I guess you got to keep in mind you you got to be in the mindset of the elementary school age kids who eat this stuff up. I know. And to them, and they're not jaded by years of fandom and they think, wow, (laughs) this is the most awesome thing ever. Right, right. I got to go buy the cards. Mom, got to buy V-Jump. I acknowledge that, but I almost feel like even if I were a Japanese boy right now, I'd be going, really? Really, guys? Another one? That's the best you got? (laughs) Oh, well. I don't know. You're going to have to ask the kids, but you don't work with kids that young. No. No, I I, I work with uh, high schoolers, so they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I I remember being really into that. 10 years ago. Yep. (laughs) Okay. All right, let's close it up with one other bit of news. Actually, going back to Kai here, France is getting a DVD box set of Kai. Let's call it uh, Saga de Science et Saga de Freezer, coming from AB on October 8th. AB Group, AB Entertainment, of course, kind of like the uh, master license holder over in Europe. Right now, we only know about a DVD version that's coming. It's nine discs, and there's no word on languages or subtitle tracks on it. I checked a couple other listings and everything's really just re-referencing the one main Amazon France listing. So there's not a whole lot of information. We do have cover art, though. It's kind of cute. It's uh, a play on, I believe it was chapter 310, that cute shot of Goku kind of bending over, looking down at Final Form Frieza. Although, did you take a look at the side of the box? This has been everyone's favorite part, Julian. Uh, it's Kuririn. Uh, Yes. From the Garlic Jr. arc. Which, of course, is not Inkai at all. <laughs> That's unusual. So I don't really get that inclusion. Maybe it was just some uh, promotional art they had sitting around somewhere that seemed to make sense to throw in. But, hey, it's fun. It's one of those, we know what that is. 
that doesn't make sense. Nah, nah, nah. That's it. That's the news right now. Oh, I guess one thing we could mention is that uh, Buddy Puto has been putting up some shots and other folks have been talking about it. Kai is airing in Portuguese right now. And uh, the subtitle track, well, I guess I should say it's airing in Japanese. It's the original Japanese version of Kai, but oh. it's subtitled in Portuguese. But the Portuguese subtitles are a translation of the uncut English dub. So... <laughs> That's confusing. I mean, it's mostly accurate then, but then you have things like Tien Shinhan, which have nothing to do with the Portuguese version of Dragon Ball. So that's kind of a, wait a second, guys, what are you doing here? Yeah. So, okay, so that's the news. Uh, let's take it over to Kochikame. Julian, you are in Japan, so Kochikame probably is... I don't want to say it's everywhere for you, but everything I see about it is kind of like some other shows compared to, oh, it's it's just like The Simpsons. It's it's there. It's always there. It's, it's got a buffoon been there forever. for a character. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about it. it. So there's a bumbling police officer by the name of Kankichi Ryotsu, and, or Ryo-san for short. He's always coming up with wacky get-rich-quick schemes and weird sort of um, obsessions and getting the rest of the, the police station roped into it and making trouble. Occasionally catching some actual criminals, very occasionally. I did see that supposedly he's actually quite good at it. Mm, somehow, in spite of himself. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and actually I think the most recent sort of big adaptation of it was a live-action version, mm, yeah. which starred our buddy... Shingo Katori. Oh, really? Yosan himself. Oh, yes. man. I might have to check that out. My favorite member of SMAP, who played uh, Son Goku in the live action Journey to the West adaptation. Is that also 2006 ish? Well, that was, uh, that was 2006 ish because it was yeah. on when I was in Japan the first time. And of course, also SMAP SMAP, we've been talking about recently. They've done a couple uh, anime theme song special episodes. He performed Makafushiki Adobencha with Hiroki Takahashi. Good time. Times, good times yes. with him. Yeah, so I don't know. He he gets around in the entertainment business he and does, he has he a lot of fun. All right, so let's talk about Dragon Ball in relation to the shortened name of the series, Kochikame. Uh, we're going to start with 1991 here. This is back in volume 69 of Kochikame. This really has nothing to do with Toriyama other than that there's obviously a little nod to Dragon Ball here, but it was during kind of the heyday of Dragon Ball. This would have been during the Frieza arc, and I think you'll see why that's significant here. Julian, why don't you uh, give us a rundown of this? Really, it's only two pages, but it's okay. pretty significant Dragon Ball crossover here. Okay, so back in volume 69, there's a little two-page gag. So Ryo-san leaves on a journey, making it seem like it's going to be the last chapter of the series. And of course, sitting here in 2012, we know that's not true. But of course he returns, and everyone is mad at him for tricking them like that, but Ryo says he never explicitly stated that the series was ending, and that it was just a way to help keep things fresh. He even jokes about changing the series' name to Kochikame Zet. They decide to dump him into another manga. He lands on Namek with Frieza, Zarbon, and Apul. Ryo tries to say hello in English, but everybody is pretty suspicious of him. Now, I love this, of course, because my buddy Apul gets a little cameo here as well as Frieza and Zarbon. But it's this great thing where they're literally dumping him over the side of a panel on the page, and he gets dumped into the Frieza arc of Dragon Ball. <laughs> Reminds me a little bit of a very early Dragon Ball where Goku manages to toss 
Yamcha into the top of the panel or he <laughs> right. smashes his head. Well, I mean, it's a gag manga. So yeah. you expect this kind of stuff. Now, obviously, this was not by Toriyama. Julian, who's the author of Kochikame? Uh, it's Osamu Akimoto. So that was all him here. But we're going to jump ahead to 2006 is the 30th anniversary of Kochikame. And it saw the release of something called Cho Kochikame or Super Kochikame, which was this uh, crossover collaboration book with tons of other jump authors, both uh, present and past. You've got the expected ones like Toriyama, of course, Kishimoto, Kubo, Sawai, Oda, uh, other folks like Araki, Katsura, Watsuki. And there's even a few non-jump authors authors in there like uh cameo of hanayori dango fujishima of what series is that oh uh amigami sama oh my goddess uh you're under arrest so we've got all these folks and they're all tossing their own stories and silly little chapters into the mix to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Kochikame. Uh, so, of course, Akira Toriyama, our buddy of Dragon Ball fame, wanted to jump into the mix here. Julian, you're going to play the role of Toriyama here. Can you read the introduction from him in uh, his little nine page thingy? All right. <clears throat> so this is the introduction. Akimoto Sensei, congratulations on the 30th anniversary of Kochikame. 30 years. For a lazy bum like me, such an incredible record is inconceivable. It's a total mystery where you hide such power within your skinny body and gentle smiling face. While our ages aren't that far apart, you've been at this job a lot longer than I have, and it really means a lot to me to be able to do this collaboration manga with you. After all, I'm appearing on the same pages as Yosan, who was famous before I became a manga artist. It's a huge honor, and I'd rather not do this again. <laughs> that is Toriyama through and through there. Where it's like, good times, don't want to do this ever <laughs> yes all right so julian this is a nine page collaboration spin-offy it's actually kind of a sequel to what we were just talking about what is the title yes. of this nine page extravaganza Kochira Katsushikaku Kameyari in my Hashutsujo and dragon ball so and i think that the note from the publishers is a continuation of the legendary fake final chapter after over 16 years a nine-page collaboration right -o. so i think what we'll do is quasi manga review of awesomeness style uh, it's only nine pages we'll break it down and then you and i'll talk about it so i guess let me get you started here yosan has been transferred out into the boonies which we will learn about shortly and there aren't even any convenience stores here he comes across a giant spaceship Nearby, Frieza's irritated that he hasn't obtained all the Dragon Balls yet, but a pool reassures him that everyone is out looking and it's only a matter of time, clearly indicating that they are indeed on planet Namek here. Vegeta is hiding behind a rock, cursing that he can't get the Dragon Balls as long as Frieza is right there. A pool wants to play Shiritori, but galactic rulers don't play games. Yosan approaches the aliens, informing them that their ship is illegally parked. Maybe they haven't heard, but traffic laws are stricter now. Vegeta wonders who this guy is, and as Yosan explains that since they're new, he'll go easy on them and accept cash to not put points on their license, Frieza nonchalantly fires a blast at the poor dope. When the smoke clears, Yosan is damaged a bit, but overall pretty fine. And now getting angry. He's going to have to get their ship towed, and now. Frieza fires another, larger blast, and seems satisfied with this attack, but Nyosan is still standing there, even more upset than before. This is an obstruction of justice. Triple the fine. Vegeta is in shock that this guy is instantly healing from Frieza's attacks, and that even his clothes are turning back to normal. Apul says his power is so low, but could he be... 
Dot, dot, dot. Real Sound whips out a rocket launcher and demands that they pay their fine. Apul begins to freak out, saying that he just pulled that gun out of nowhere and he must be a gag character. Frieza doesn't care since he's the strongest in the universe and begins an assault of blasts. After exhausting himself, Frieza begins to chuckle to himself. He got a little carried away there. But Ryo-san is still alive. Now he's going to take them into custody. Apul knew it. This guy will never die. Ryo-san decides that if they buy him some high-class sushi, and by buy him some sushi, he really just means take a bribe Give here. Him, yeah. <laughs> he won't take them away. Frieza suddenly blasts off into space with his ship, leaving Ryo-san behind. Up in the ship, Frieza's going, I saw nothing. I met nobody. Vegeta tries to creep away, but Ryo figures he's in cahoots with them and demands their address. All of a sudden, Goku's ship arrives. He gets out and asks Vegeta where this Frieza guy is. The one who's the strongest in the universe and all that stuff. Gosan tells Goku that this is a parking violation, while Vegeta notes that there are some worlds one mustn't enter. Ta-da! This brings us to a close, the nine-page collaboration crossover yes. chapter. I love that really, it is a sequel to the little two-page gag from 1991. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it works about the genre conventions with manga, especially how gag characters tend to be indestructible. Right, right. I love, really, that we're using the Frieza arc as the base here, but it feels exactly like the early Pilaf stuff, where it's still a gag manga, and the characters are talking about how it's a gag manga, or making jokes, or poking fun at Toriyama himself, and it's still, everyone feels perfectly in character somehow. Like, I can picture Vegeta saying those things and even though a pool doesn't really get that much dialogue I suppose he would be saying these things and Frieza he gets fried right exactly and Frieza in complete denial about what's going on but his facial expressions and everything it feels perfect for the time just kind of misplaced into this alternate universe yes and I don't know Vegeta's sort of always gets stuck with this role of the straight man he in does. the gag, gag manga like in uh, Nekomajin yeah, he, he explains constantly. Well, I guess Apul takes the role a little bit here about saying he's a gag character, but uh, yeah. Vegeta gets that role a little bit uh, more to himself in Nekomajin. Yeah, but. and I, I think maybe we he, he does say at the end of Nekomajin Z when he appears that he's never going to do another gag manga, but this is clearly earlier right. chronologically, sort of, if we can really bother <laughs> know, with chronology here. Can you even say something like that? When was the end of Nekomajin Z? Chapter 5, that was... Yeah. That was before 2006, wasn't it? Pretty sure. It was really early on. It was right around the same time that the um, complete edition of the manga was coming out, and that was easily while I was still in high school, first year of college. I believe 34 came out on April Fool's Day 2004. Uh, Nekomajin yeah. Z 5 was February 2005, so yes, Nekomajin... Yeah completed before this so but yeah it was right around the same time and clearly Toriyama was having a lot of fun revisiting Dragon Ball around that time yeah 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 that makes sense I, I guess it's important to note that that this is still during that second wave heyday of everything Dragon Ball it was going to come to a peak in 2007 at least in terms of merchandise sales but I think this 2005-2006 era was just so much that the video games were just on top of the world at that point and these new stories yeah. and new bits of artwork so this kind of just happened to come at the perfect time for extra Dragon Ball material. And maybe that's why it works so well that Toriyama was back into the thick of things here. Right. And it was the renaissance of Daizenshi EX as well. It was. It was. It was good times back then. I enjoyed everything. Yes. Well, there was so much news sometimes we could barely get through all of it without... <laughs> Even having a topic, it was just, yeah. I know, I know. Let me ask you, 
in terms of crossovers and playful things, is this the kind of story you want from Toriyama? And obviously we're in 2012, this was 2006, so it's been quite a few years, so it's not really current, but if we were to get things... Is this the the kind of story that you would expect and that you would want from Toriyama? Well, in terms of crossovers, I like it. I think it's a lot of fun. It plays with genre conventions and it plays the characters straight. Yeah. Now, I liked Cross Epic, the crossover between One One Piece and Dragon Ball mm. that uh, was done a number of years ago. But the one thing that kind of annoyed me was that instead of having the pl- the characters as themselves, they were sort of it was sort of off in this alternate universe where all the characters coexist together and do different things yeah. and are slightly different people. And I would rather in a crossover, I guess you could ha- say have it more traditional. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of have them interact interact as themselves playing off of their usual quirks and just sort of being silly. Right, you can still take it to these extreme silliness levels like we see in this crossover, but everyone is still undeniably themselves. Like, I get Frieza from this Frieza so much, and just, I don't know, there's those couple lines of dialogue as they're flying away, he's trying to reassure himself that this didn't just happen, that he's still the strongest in the universe. That is absolutely Frieza to me, and I, I love that Toriyama still, it's tough, like, he still knows his characters i guess he knows the big ones still right maybe he doesn't remember everyone but he knows all of his big guys so yeah i I like this a lot is there anything else to say about it i mean it's been a while since we've had any kind of material like this feel these days we have oishi doing her own thing with dragon ball sd and yeah there's some gags in it but it's still just dragon ball itself and no external influence throwing things into the mix so do we need more major anniversaries like we had with one piece like we have here with kochikame do we just want dragon ball thrown into other universes i would kind of be okay with that yeah i'd I'd be happy with seeing other things i'd like it to be on a limited basis i don't think we need another kai because i think in really in order to give some kind of sense of excitement it has to be original Mm. and it has to break new ground in some kind of way well this doesn't really break new ground it's still the a traditional gag story and it's pretty short it's only nine pages but is it just because it's not even a new setting either it's namek but just because we have ryosan thrown in it makes it feel fresh makes it feel fresh and i think also you know it's not just telling the same story it's sort of a what if yeah yeah and those are fun thing is we can't place it has to be a what if there's nowhere we can place this story for it to make any sense unless frieza just decides a day later not even a day later maybe an hour later to come back and just pretend nothing ever happened right i don't know obviously we can't really place it and we would never try to place it but it's fun to think about. What else? Is there anything else to say about this? It's short. It's fun. But it was cool. It's nice to revisit this stuff after a few years. Yeah, I definitely think so. And it just brought a smile to my face. Right. I think, oh, yeah, this was there. Yeah. Fun. All right. That's going to bring our little mini discussion here to a close. But you can go read it yourself because all this stuff is translated and hanging out. Uh, we can, of course, just link it over to the Konzenshu forum where people have been talking about stuff for years upon years. And you can see all the exciting stuff that was said and talked about. And- well, you know, it's it's kind of weird sometimes having such... Uh, a comprehensive forum that goes back such a long way in internet years. (laughs) We've had a lot of conversations before and we can just sort of dig up information and it feels new again. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's tough because like we always say, the forum is uh, our test bed for website content where we talk about it, we flesh it out, and sometimes we even post the entire section as is before it's ported over to the larger website. And this is the kind of thing where I do want to expand the manga guide a little bit to talk about spinoffs and crossovers. There's the Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo. Did I do that right? Bo 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 bo. I know I know um, there's seven. I forget which is the elongated syllable. Something like that. Bo 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 bo. Bo bo bo. There was <laughs> nice. Uh, it wasn't a Dragon Ball crossover, but it was a Dragon Ball parody uh, chapter called One on One, I believe it was. So yeah. that kind of stuff, I, I want to document on the site. That's kind of fun. Although that series has been over for a few years now, so it's maybe not quite as relevant as it used to be. No, nah, I guess in terms of more relevant. Dragon Ball gags, Gintama might be the closest. There, I know there are plenty of well, those over the course of that series, both manga and the TV version. That's sort of the kind of series that throws anything at the wall and sees what'll stick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Bobo Bobo was definitely like that, plus nose hair. All right, uh, I got nothing right now. Um, in terms of releases, I don't think there's anything coming out this month. I could be wrong, so uh, we'll have to jump back on that in July, see where we're at. I guess let's take it over. We got uh, an email question here. Don't have a name to go with this uh, question, but we're going to go ahead and read it anyway. Hello, Kanzenshu crew. I have a question. In the series, we're treated to two versions of the same character, Trunks. One is from the future and one is in the present. Character-wise, they are very different. And back in the day, when there was a multitude of Dragon Ball fan sites, I saw a lot of them offering the same reasoning behind the difference. Future Trunks' main parental influence growing up was Bulma, and she raised Trunks to be the polite, well-mannered, shy young man we see in the Cell Saga. Opposed to present Trunks' main parental influence being Vegeta. Vegeta's spoiled prince attitude rubbed off on Trunks, making him into the mischief-causing rascal we see in the Boo Saga. So, my questions are, is this reasoning based on any official material, like maybe a character bio, or is it just fan opinion that made its way around. Secondly, official or not, do you buy into the reasoning behind the character differences? I'm especially interested in hearing Mary's opinion. Thanks. Well, Mary's not here right now, so you're stuck with the two of us. Julian, this is the kind of thing that even before there were these extensive extra supplemental information guides, that line of reasoning, I think, was always what people tossed out there and I think makes the most sense. Yeah, and I'm I don't really remember if it was actually based on anything said in a particular guidebook, but it's easy to see that his upbringing was quite different. And I think people just sort of put two to get two together and say, well, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a different person. He has the same sort of power and the same sort of potential, but he's lived a completely different life. Yeah, genetically and in terms of every bit of his being, it's the exact same character. But just because we have these two completely different upbringings, that's what we get. Just a note about guidebook material. I'm sure there's a line somewhere that just offhandedly says, this Trunks is different from the other Trunks because of his upbringing or because of Vegeta or something like that. So probably, but again, that all came later. And is that just reinforcing what was already written and said without being said? Probably. So I'm sure we can dig up a line like that for from somewhere over the gazillions of extra books that came out but yes i subscribe to that i mean i think it's i think it's per- perfectly reasonable i mean i mean you got to think of trunks and trunks prime let's say sure. as <laughs> 
Uh, well, they are technically the same person, but you could think of them as identical twins separated at birth and then one kept in cold storage for like 16 years or something. Right. So, you know, they've had completely different upbringings and that makes them different people, even though they are technically not different people. You know, even just ignoring the parent side, the influence and the upbringing there, one trunk saw a completely destroyed home around him every day for years and years and years and the other was perfectly at peace for well i guess his first year he had the artificial humans and cell and stuff but wasn't really aware of any of that going on so let's say for seven years he was perfectly happy and healthy and enjoying life and had no problems as opposed to future trunks who man that shitty homeland future not good times there so i think that's gonna separate the characters quite a bit that's all i got you got anything else i think it's a pretty easy question that we can probably toss something to reinforce our answers from somewhere yeah i think that pretty much covers it. So, folks, you have questions, comments, all that good stuff. Julian, tell the folks, this is going to get confusing. Tell them what the Twitter account is. Kanzenshu. Our Facebook account, for the time being, until someone at Facebook decides to take pity on us, is... X. Right. <laughs> so those are great ways to get in contact with us. If you have questions for the show, responses to shows, Julian, the main website where you can send the contact form and you can find our form and respond to all the episodes. That website address is www.kanzenshu with two us.com. All right. So before we wrap things up, we got to mention a donation. Big incredible thanks to Michael for a donation recently that's going to help cover a little bit of the massive Kanzenshu hosting fees that we have going on right now. This isn't the kind of thing that we mention often, and I kind of don't like to talk about it because I don't want people to feel coerced into anything, but it is deeply appreciated. And I'm thinking about doing something a little more formal in the near future to uh, kind of raise funds for keeping all of this going. The switch to Kanzenshu, uh, the server load is much, much different than it was back on static html pages days so that affects all sorts of many things and future plans we'll talk about that but if you are interested it makes a big difference in our lives there's a little donate page that you can check out and see uh, what people have contributed toward and how it makes a difference all that good stuff so i'm gonna wrap it up julian we gave people all the contact information we've talked about many many things this episode i think you need to go to bed and uh, get ready for a monday morning over in japan yeah, I kind of do. I kind of have class first thing in the morning, which means I got to swill down my coffee. And yeah. All right, dude. Well, it was uh, a pleasure speaking with you. Any closing notes for the folks out there? Good to be back. I hope to be giving you some more content in the near to mid term. And um, yeah be in touch. All right. Lovely. So we got Julian over there. Big thanks to him. Of course, big thanks as always to all of our regular staffy folks. We've got Jake, we've got Heath, we've got Julian over there. Of course, we've got uh, Mary hanging out somewhere. She's doing stuff. I cleaned the first floor today. I think she's up cleaning bathrooms somewhere right now. So it's what happens when you're married. You trade cleanings of the house. Uh, Basically, yeah. I think I'm actually going to see Jeff later today. So we'll see what's going wow. on with uh, possible GT plannings and various things. Uh, there are reasons for him not being around lately. Maybe he'll enjoy talking about some of that on his own in the near future. So there's all that. So for Julian, my name is Mike Vegito EX www.kanzense huu.com, com, folks. This was episode three hundred two. 
We'll see you next time for 303. Have a lovely week. Julian, wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Kanzenshu, the podcast. We hope to catch you again next week. See you. Kotsura, Katsushikaku, Kamei, Damn it. Let me try again.